Blog Talk Radio. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent artists seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower artists. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Hi everyone, c'est Nathalie it's Nat Dean, and today on Chatting with Nat, we have the honor of having award-winning David Vito Grigoli, I call him Vito, so does everybody else, and we're supposed to have Grammy winner Ricky Kej, but he couldn't make it, he sent his apologies. David Vito Grigoli by his teens, Vito was, has already hailed as a guitar virtuoso and working in the L.A. club scene. He later studied classical music and received a bachelor's in music, introduced to meditation at 13 and later yoga. This, in turn, exposed him to world instruments like guitar, chata, tarango. His interest in the healing power of music led to his expansive experiments in New Age music, like primordial sonics. He's had the privilege of working with new age artists such as Constance Demby, Jai Utah, Deepak Chopra, Stephen Halpern, and Donna DeLore, and Ricky Kez. Let's talk about Ricky for a second here. Ricky's awards include the United Nations Global Humanitarian Artist Award and is conferred with the title Youth Icon of India. Real leaders, the United Nations named Ricky Kez as one of the 100 leaders who inspire their future. The House of Commons Parliament of Canada awarded Ricky for his outstanding musical and humanitarian achievement. Ricky Kesh is also a professor at the prestigious National Institute of Advanced Studies. His music is an extension of his personality and beliefs. Let's give Vito a round of applause if I can find it. Hi, Vito. How are you? Good morning. How are you? Or good afternoon in your time zone. In my in my in my area. Yes. Thank you so much for that. Uh, what do you prefer, David or Vito? Uh, David's my legal name, so I use it on my CDs for credit. But everybody's called me Vito basically since the '80s. Um, there's so many Davids in the music industry. You know, why not be original? I, listen, I love it. I love it. Hey, you got to do your thing because, yeah, Vito is original. So I absolutely love that you use that. So how have you been during this, what I call cray-cray, George Floyd pandemic, you know, cicadas, um, the the elections, um, what else do we have? Monkey pox, Ukraine, Roe versus Wade, (laughs) shootings. I mean, how have you been during this whole thing? Um, I've been remarkably well. Um, it's been a, a weird time for sure. Um, I was very lucky to have clients, uh, throughout the whole, the whole pandemic. Um, so unlike other musicians, friends of mine who don't have a recording studio and don't produce for a living, uh, they were out of work for the whole time. So, uh, I am, consider myself extremely blessed. Uh, it was a tough time for sure. And, Two months before that, my best friend, Kimberly Haynes, who uh, um, her husband passed away from cancer. So there was a lot of um, support 
And so we were able to kind of uh, hunker down together. I, I was living five minutes away from them. Mm. Um, so it was an intense time, but um, it was a very productive time. And uh, uh, as I said, I'm blessed. <laughs> I mean, one of the things that I've seen uh, during these past couple of years is that people had time for a lot of self-reflection, which I think is awesome. It's great. Um, a lot of people that I spoke, spoke to said um, they went through a lot. Obviously, everybody's been through a lot in the past couple of years. You know, the, the pandemic was awful. COVID was awful. I got it twice. I still have long-term effects. So uh, it's... Oh, no. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's been crazy. Um, along with hot flashes and <laughs> memory loss and all kinds of things. But anyway, um <laughs> Yeah, uh, I forgot about the memory loss. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I mean, it, it's like, well, I'm aging, so that happens anyway. But it it got worse because I'm just like, you know, sometimes you go into a room and you're just like, okay, why did I come here? Is that now? It just happens all the time. It's just, you know, and and the weird thing is like, I really have to um, think. One of the strangest I have to say is like when I'm trying to formulate sentences. I really have to think of how the sentence is supposed to be drafted with the correct grammar now um, when I'm writing things. Cause I'm like that. And half uh, the time I'm like, this does not sound right. The way I'm ty- typing, it doesn't look right. It is the most bizarre thing. And then I'll think of something. And a second later, I, I don't remember what I was thinking. It's, it's just crap. Um, so yeah. So COVID uh, obviously bad. <laughs> I, um, I I haven't had COVID, but I am totally with you on that, just on a basic uh, level. You know, I'm considerably older than you, I'm sure. So uh, it's just something I think our brains get full is what I think it is. Yeah, there's there's that. Yeah, a lot, lots going on. Um, but, you know, obviously there are cons, but there are pros during, you know, the pandemic where People actually decided to, or which is a pro to me, quit their jobs to decide to do something that's more in line with their passion, their destiny. People need to make money. Yeah. Decided that, you know, they want to be happy um, making money. You know, uh, some people cut back on work hours to be with family members. Climate change. My God, when we were, when we were not in the streets, the pollution level went down significantly. Yeah. In Mother Nature. Yeah. Mother Nature and the trees and the squirrels were probably all happy dancing in the streets and hoping that we wouldn't come back, but eventually we did. Um, <laughs> yeah. So for artists like you and I, you know, people decided to rebrand. Some people uh, created albums, EPs, singles, tracks, whatever. Some decided not to do music anymore. And some people went through therapy. I mean, there is a lot of transformation during the time. You know, a lot of people like to say everything happens for a reason, and at least in that part, people really got to think about how they want to be perceived as artists, as people uh, during that time, because we had the time to think. Even if you were working from home, you had the time. So during this time, did you take the time to think? Did anything change? Did your perspective change on who you are as an artist, who you are as a person? That's a very good question. Um, I've always been a person who's uh, self-examining. I've yeah. been an advocate of therapy for decades um but i think it did it did kind of go to a new level and for me my natural state of being is more introverted uh so i got an opportunity to really 
dive down into the introversion without feeling self-conscious that I'm, you know, I should be out there. But the result of since since the masks, uh, you know, requirement was lifted, I've become more much more proactive from that long period right. of introversion. And whereas I'm still concerned about COVID, and especially because I haven't gotten it. <laughs> um, sorry? I said, right, right. Right, okay. Um, so, yeah, so I think for me, it, it kind of set up more of a conversion after the, mm. the COVID restrictions were lifted. For me, this, things in the last four months have really accelerated for me in terms of my personal growth and mm. my connection with my uh, purpose, you know, my life right. purpose, which is making music. Now, um, what was it about the music industry that made you say, okay, David Vito, <laughs> um, that made you say, okay, you, you and music have to become one. Did you come out of the womb? Like, okay, music is me. <laughs> That's it. Or was, it <laughs> or was it something that you heard or saw that made you say, my gosh, I can do something with this. I, I feel like this is my passion, my destiny. Yeah, I would, I would say probably a bit of a wound thing because my mom, my mom mm. had told me uh, that when I was very little, I was always banging rhythms on the table. Okay. And uh, when, I, when I was five, my grandfather bought me a little transistor radio because that's all we had in those days. And it pretty much stuck to my ear and never left it for about five years. Um, so I became very, very entranced with music. And as soon as I saw the monkeys and then the Beatles on TV, it was game over. I knew what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Wow. Okay. I love that. I absolutely yeah, it's weird talking to people going, I'm still not sure what I want to do with my life. And I'm going, wow, that must be so weird. It's such a different <laughs> experience than what I had. It's like, no, no, no. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I am music. Music is me. And there's, you know, I channel it, whatever you want to call it, but it's so ingrained. The Everybody has a creative, creative uh, portion of their human existence. And I was very lucky to be connected to what my creativity was from an early age. And I right. see now how I can apply that creativity to other things like getting involved in video editing or, uh, writing or, or whatever right. it is, it's applying that creativity, even just to the point of something I've been focused on the last two years, which is learning the new music business, learning how to do Facebook ads, how to do, um, you know, all that. No, I get, yeah, I don't know. Let me tell you. Um, how important is, uh, yeah, how important is, is it for you to be authentic in your music, your songwriting, and as a person? Uh, you know, it's interesting because that came up last night. Um, I did a track for a, a new client, um, and I really wanted to just make it different. I didn't want to do what she's always done on all her albums, right. which is beautiful. It's just, I mean, it, one of, I won't say who it is, but one of my favorite artists, since the 90s so I was really counting myself grateful to be working with her but I knew I had to do something different because she already has people who will do her sound right um, so talked to her last night and she did not uh, resonate with it mm. and I let her 
I let her know. It's like, that's okay. I was going for something different. You already have people who can do your thing. There's no point in me replicating what they do. Right. I realized at that moment last night that that is my mission is to take everything and do something different, which is brings us to Wild Monsoon, uh, the album I've done with Ricky, you know. We're trying to do something different. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah, you know me. I like to do, do things differently. Hell, I like to do things the way that I want to do them. I don't like to follow a certain protocol. I think that in the music industry, people need to understand that music is going to evolve. We don't have to do uh, something the same way all the time. I mean, you can stick to your same genre and, and do it beautifully, but... Um, you have to be able to, you know, to show some versatility. The radio stations are inundated with the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah. To, the point that, to the point that I'm always like, do these people have to die off so that people can learn about new artists? It's just ridiculous. And But yeah. I found that during the pandemic that um, people were more inclined to find new artists because they had the time to. Um, I know for yeah. myself, when I first started in the music industry, I, was, I used to listen to melody all the time. Now I listen to the lyrics and how that artist emotes um, the message mm. of the song. How, you know, the artist is in there with his music or he's just singing songs just to be famous or whatever the case may be. Um, but yeah, I love it when people, people that do a particular genre, they do something edgy with it, something that's different and new, something that makes people think, well, oh God, I never thought about doing something like this way. So kudos for, to you for you right. know, wanting to expand the horizons of others and um, doing um, doing it yourself. Now, this new album. Uh, I mean, what, let me just ahead. let me let me just comment on what you just said because that's so important. And this, my first, you know, one of my first influences was the Beatles, and they okay. were the best pop group in the world. And they right. turned around and they tried to do something different for the remainder of their career from Sgt. Pepper's on. And that really right. set the bar for the industry for so long until we got to the place where we are now where everything is the same thing over and over again. That's true. That's true. Um, that's why I love Freddie Mercury. Freddie Mercury from Queen. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to do what I want to do. I, I don't care if the song is like seven yeah. minutes long. This is the way that I want it. This is the sound yeah. that I want. We're going to fuse genres. These are the artists. I, I love people like Nina Simone. It's like, I'm going to sing this song. I'm going to be active in politics. I'm going to do all kinds of things. These are the artists I absolutely love that take chances. Yeah. And I was just going to say, screw this. You know, we got to do something. We got to shake things up just a little bit here um, to get people interested. No, I totally agree with you. What made you decide to work with um, Ricky Kesh on this new album? That's uh, that's that's a that's a good question. Um, not in the sense that it's a difficult one, um, <laughs> but it's a, an important one. <laughs> we uh, we met, I guess, about two, 2011, 2012, mm-hmm. uh, through Beth Ann Hilton, um, yeah. PR person with the B Company. I'm sure right. you know. Yeah. Um, she had a gathering with Suzanne Desette and a few other people of the new age music genre. And I was one of the invited people. We met at an Indian restaurant and, you know, Ricky was a young kid at the time. I mean, he still is really, but uh, (laughs) I think he was in his very early thirties. 
And uh, we had a, you know, I was talking to other people most of the time, but finally I sat down with them and we had just like a, a really connective conversation about music, even though, you know, we're, um, let's see, maybe almost 30 years apart in age. Um, and clearly a, <laughs> a, a couple of continents away, um, literally on the other side of the world. Um, we, we have all these musical uh, commonalities and they were commonalities that weren't exact. They were complementary. So we uh, we were both nominated for the uh, ZMR Awards in 2013, and we found ourselves in uh, New Orleans together, and we hung out a bit. And we were, you know, we both said the other one was going to win, and turns out another friend of ours won. Neither of us won. Okay. But we started talking about doing something together. And um, 2015... Uh, we came together to work on a project of mine called Omeland. It was an okay. idea that he had started, but he he was restricted by uh, various copyright laws to not be able to uh, really put it out. But I loved the idea of it. He played me, and I went, "Oh, I want to do something with that." So he said, "Okay, well, you can be the artist, um, but I'll you know I'll lend a hand here and there." And so we did right. Omeland. It came out wonderfully, and it was uh, very well received. And so we started working on a couple of ideas, you know, because we're across the world. It's not like we sit down in the studio together, but we would send each other songs, partial songs, uh, roughs of songs, sketches of songs, and let the other one finish it. Then we'd hand it back, and then the original person would do something else to it. And it kind of came together really organically. And I have to say, very little times did either of us say I didn't like it or let's change this. It was very, you know, it was very easy to do almost all of it and which was a rare and wonderful experience. Um, And I think, you know, Ricky has said many times, you know, I try to work with people who are better than me. And I feel Mm -hmm. the same way about, you know, working with Ricky. He does something I don't do. Right. Um, And so we're able to, to take our different influences. You know, I'm from the West. He's from the East. I've studied Indian music and he studied, you know, classical music and Western music, but we both approach it slightly differently. His penchant is for very cinematic in a kind of Christopher Nolan movie kind of way. Um, And almost, and sort of in a, a, I don't want to say Bollywood, but in the Indian movies where things are very lush and, and, you know, passionate in that sense, whereas my sensibilities um, for some reason, I, I have a strong R&B influence, even though I didn't really grow up with that music. But the people I played with growing, you know, in my career uh, right. were heavily influenced in that. So, you know, hence, I would tend to bring in the world beat elements, and Ricky would, on top of that, put his indie influence and then add his, you know, younger approach to synthesizers. Because my... I grew up with Brooke Wakeman and Keith Emerson. He grew up with, you know, you know, much, much more current bands who approach it differently, slightly EDM influenced, chill, all these other things that didn't exist when I started out. So it's been a very copacetic uh, musical relationship. And one of the reasons I'm super proud of this is, you know, the idea of collaboration is not to do what you do, but to let the other person change what you do. So when you come together, the two of you are creating something you could not do on your own. Right. I love that. I absolutely love that. Now, how did this, um, why this particular album? 
Well, we first talked about doing kind of a, a lounge chill album, which is something he's had a lot of success with yeah. on streaming. And the more I worked on his songs and the more I prepped my songs, the more a more aggressive world beat element started coming through. And he became receptive to switching that out in terms of our vision. So as I've labeled it, it's, you know, East meets West, world beat meets new age which doesn't even begin to encompass all the influences that go into it. And all the songs are a little bit different, but you could see each of our hands in different portions of each song. Um, it'd be like, you know, what, what if uh, uh, Da Vinci and Michelangelo, you know, painted a picture together, you know, wow. It'd be something that's right. you know, totally different from what either of them do. And, and, you know, hopefully very appealing. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, I'm going to play the song Grisham. Tell me what that's about. That song comes out tomorrow as a single. So I, I hope everybody will go and pre-save it uh, onto Spotify or Apple Music. Um, this was the very first song that Ricky sent to me. Mm. And like many of the songs he sent to me, I was going, uh, this is great. What What can I possibly Due to this, it's got a strong melody. It's got a strong, I mean, everything about it's strong. So I had to approach it of, of again, what can I do different? So um, I added my elements to it and definitely changed changed the song. Uh, but, yeah, it's always a challenge when he sends me a song and I go, what the hell can I do with this? <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> That's the idea of working with somebody who's so good. No, I guess. Gresham means summer. When we're talking about titling these songs, because of his heavy environmental work and my feelings about the environment, I wanted to make each of the songs uh, point towards an environmental cause. And he suggested that we not go so on the nose with it and uh, make it about just connect to the earth rather than have a message, because he's done that before. So this one's called Gresham, which means summer. Uh, you know, and each one goes through summer, winter, autumn, spring, forest, waterfall, uh, river, clouds, all the elements of it. So we were able to do it in a much more um, macro sense and I think more inclusive. So I think it was a great idea. Of his. Awesome. Let me play it.
That was definitely beautiful. Very tranquil. And Thank chill. you. Nice. What do you What do you love most about being an artist? Um, another good question. <laughs> I'd have to say, you know, spending a, a lot of time producing other people, and you know, the album I released last uh, October, Song Divine was the first time I'd released anything as an artist since 2015. So I'd spent a great deal of time working on other people's music. Right. And Ricky and I have been working working on this since 2015. So, you know, to have a new artist release in October and then another one in here in June is kind of a coming back to myself moment, I would say. And uh, it's good. It's good to being an, it's good getting back to being an artist and, um, you know, part of what we do as artists, whether we're singer songwriter or, you know, instrumentalist or whatever, is we're putting our heart out into the world, um, basically. And that's why it's always so hard to handle rejection <laughs> or even worse, apathy. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, I agree with you. You know, lately I've been telling a lot of the people that I interview on the podcast because I realized this myself, is that, you know, music is our superpower because uh, music has the ability to, to heal, move mountains, change somebody's life, you know. And sometimes people will just turn on their favorite artist because they need that at that moment to help them get through that moment that they're going through. Or they right. need to smile, or they need to laugh, or they need to vent, or they need to dance, or they, you know, they need movement in their life. And so... You know, I always tell people um, that are doing music, you know, just realize that you're you're affecting somebody's life with your music. And it can be such a beautiful and powerful thing. This artist told me the other day, and I keep telling this story on the podcast, but it's just amazing how this guy came to see her performance. And after the performance, he was just like, that was amazing. It really changed my life, he said, because I was going to go home and kill myself. So, oh my gosh! Yeah, and then he said, because of that performance, he just had this renewed sense of life, and was just like, yeah, he can go on mm. everything head on. So people just don't really know, you know, how they affect people with their music. Um, sometimes we'll hear about it, and there are many times we won't know, and you know how it can change somebody else's life. So you know, that's our that's our superpower. I think. Um, and I get a t-shirt that says music is my superpower. Um, it's just it's just an amazing. That's so thing. true. Yeah. Yep. It's very very true. And when people, when I talk to artists I'm working with, and they go, "Oh, well, who's going to listen to my music?" or "Nobody's listening to my music," or I'm going, "Only five people are at my show." I go, "Hey, you know, it's not a numbers game. It's you're you're if you connect with one single human being, mm-hmm. and you move them." Your job is done. It doesn't exactly. matter whether it's one person or a thousand people or ten thousand. Exactly. Yeah, a lot of people like to, you know, they think about the numbers game and all that stuff. You know what? I just love doing music. I love the way it makes me feel, like the way that it makes other people feel. Um, and I think it's very important. Um, music is very important in our world um, because. Yeah it can do so much for other people. 
um, in this lifetime. Now, what is your writing process like? You know, how do you come about writing a song? Um, that's a really good question. Um, <laughs> when I was writing the songs for Song Divine, which for people who didn't hear that show last year, it's um, a translation of the Bhagavad Gita um, mm. into English um, and and made into songs. So I had the lyrics. I had, uh, you know, I had the, the ragas that I wanted to stick to. So there's kind of a structure to approach it. Um, with this, it was very different because, A, it's instrumental, um, but it's about finding something that tickles your ear and letting it run. Um, I, I'm a firm believer, but the song will tell you what, where it wants to go. And if you right. try to ma- overmanage it, um, you're going to get off get off the thing that expired you in the first place. You start mm-hmm. getting to, you know saying, oh, it should be this song, it should be like this song, or it should be that. No, let it, let it run. It's kind of a bit like um, a sculpture is how I like to look at it. You know, you're chipping away thinking you're going to make an angel, and all of a sudden it turns out to be, you know, a Madonna on the rocks. You, you know, mm-hmm. it'll be what it, what it wants to be. So as you try to, it's like raising children. <laughs> you try to guide them right. into doing what you think is, the right thing, but they will inevitably be, be the person they're going to be. Mm-hmm. And so our children are our, our songs, our, our musical compositions. And so we have to honor who they are as well. And, uh, you know, and see the beauty. That's another thing. See the beauty in, in each of our children. You know, there can't, there, there's always going to be children you like better for whatever yeah. reason, but you don't stop, but you love them all. Right. Um, so when, when I'm working on a song and, or when I'm working with an artist and they go, I'm, I'm not feeling this song. I'm like, you're not, you're, you're losing the inspiration, the thing that tickled your fancy in the first place. Right. And that's where you have to get back to and connect with the spark. Cause that's, that, as you know, that's what moves us. That initial spark of creativity, that, you know, that divine creation kind of feeling of, Oh, look at something's forming here. I wonder where it's going to go. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Now I'm going to play the song Sheath. Tell me what that's about. Uh, Sheath means winter. And Mm -hmm. this is the first song that that I sent to Ricky. And this is when I knew that this was going to work because what he sent back to me just blew me away. Um, This, uh, like many of this, of these pieces, they started out as something else. Right. one of my, my big influences in world music is an artist named Jai Utal, who's mostly known as a kirtan artist now, but in the 90s, he was in the early aughts, he was making some amazing uh, crossover albums that influenced, were influenced by the Beatles, by jazz, uh, and of course by, you know, Indian music. Right. Um, and I was le- lucky enough to uh, work with him on his album, 2001 album, Mandarama, and I had just had a car accident about a year before where I mm-hmm. couldn't really use my left hand and I'm left-handed. Uh, mm-hmm. So I couldn't really play for about a year. And when I started working with him, I said, Hey man, let me just, let me just kind of do do something on every track and whatever right. you like, you can use and whatever you don't, no worries. Cause it was for me, it was about getting back into playing guitar and getting my left hand working again. And so he used, I think three or four of, 
my stuff on a, that I did on, on songs, but some of it uh, ended up um, taking it out of, out of that and then kind of creating a new track around the parts that I did that I liked. Um, and so this is one that came out of that and uh, completely different from the song that it was done for. But uh, uh, again, it's, it's heavily works with rhythm and, uh, uh, you know, a groove that you should want to get up and dance to. I mean, how could you not, in my opinion? <laughs> All righty. Well, let's, let me play.
another beautiful piece. Thank you. I, I like this one. This, this kind of had some funk to it. Funk and chill. Yeah. That's what I want to bring, bring the world beat and the funk meeting together. Um, I was listening to that and going, wow, I was so lucky to pay, play with one of the best bass players in the world, uh, a friend of mine uh, who played with Elton John for like 25 years, 30 years. And he so influenced my bass playing. I'm listening to him. I feel like I'm listening to Bob Birch. I'm not listening to me. Um, and that made me feel really good because he passed away about seven years ago, six, seven years ago. Yeah, no, I, I love it. I think uh, the two songs that I played were, were beautiful and nice and very chill and funky at the same time. So that's awesome. So what is next well, take, for you? That's a good endorsement. Oh, you know, you know, I have to call it like I see it, like I hear it. Um, no, I really like it. It's really good. Uh, what's next for you musically? Well, I'm still working with a lot of artists this year that I have to uh, – finished projects for a lot of singer-songwriters. One of the things about doing, um, finishing up uh, Song Divine last year was being more involved as a songwriter again, which is something I hadn't really done since 2000. Um, so I've made it a point to try to work with more songwriters over the last two years, um, and I'm going to be doing much more of that this year. Um, in terms of a solo album, I'm hoping um, – you know, I've got a bunch of projects in my back pocket I just don't have time to get to. There's the blues guitar album. There's the New Age piano album. Um, there's uh, probably a second Latin guitar album in me. Mm. Um, and I can keep going on. I mean, there's the nice thing about being where I am is there's not a shortage of ideas. I don't really? – when I see people post about writer's block, I go – God, I'm so lucky. I've never had a problem coming up with something. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah. yeah mm. So, we'll have to keep keep you know keep your ears to the uh, radio and and see what pops up. I'm hoping to maybe in not too long do another album with Ricky because this was a lot of fun to do. <laughs> and really, that's one of the main reasons we're here, aren't it? To, to enjoy yeah. ourselves, creating, not just moving other people, but moving ourselves. Amen to that. Amen to that. Um, so tell our, tell my audience where they can find you on the internet. Uh, pretty much if you search Vito Gregoli, V-I-T-O-G-R-E-G-O-L-I, it'll come up on your search. You can I'm there on Spotify, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook. And my website, unsurprisingly, is VitoGregoliMusic.com. And of course, you can find Ricky at, not surprisingly, rickykej.com, K-E-J. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on and chatting with Nat. It is truly my honor. Um, the music is awesome. I'm definitely going to thank you. And uh, so I love everything that you yeah, that I played today. So I can't wait to hear the album. I'm sure it's going to be awesome. Amazing. Thank you so much for having me. It's a real pleasure to talk to you as always. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate it. Everyone, that 
was award-winning David Vito Grigoli on Chatting with Nat. And if you don't remember what he said, you can just Google him. Google is a beautiful thing. I'm getting a T-shirt that says Google me because we're on so many platforms these days. <laughs> better just to Google. Um, he's amazing. He's on all streaming platforms. Hey, you might even want to work with him, so contact him. Until next time on Chatting with Nat. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent artists seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower artists. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Love your voice.